0: Thank you for joining us. This is Paul Wilson and Chris Emke. And you're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. Uh, Chris, we've had a a really good week over here at Duramax
1: Tuner Calibrated Power. Yeah, it's been stressful. We have the new website live. Everyone go check it out. It is honestly badass.
0: Yeah, so we talked about this last week. Uh, We merged two websites. We previously had been Calibrated Power and Duramax Tuner. Now, either one of those places will just go to the
1: same website, which will have a Dur- com URL. Yeah. so uh, Been working through some bugs. Paul, I know you've been on the back end of that pretty aggressively. Uh, the sales guys, the customer support guys, they're six, seven guys just bombarding you and bitching at
2: you about what's wrong so
1: um while we're on air i'll say uh, first and foremost thank you and i'm sorry you know oh but, yeah it's uh, awesome
0: yeah no no listen um i have no website design experience or website administration experience. experience or uh-huh. website experience so uh-huh. like my interaction with websites until last year has always just been a customer so it's yeah. it's been fun uh if you don't well, you have know the interactive experience right yeah. if you don't know something you should dive in to a really big project when it's already totally late and behind and completely fucked up and then try to fix it that's that's how you learn folks uh and first baby and speaking of learning uh i learned something new the other day i was talking with randy harkema over at xrg performance sponsor of the show and we were talking about 10 mil cp4 pumps and in my head i just meant for a duramax for an lml right 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 uh he he had to stop me halfway through the conversation kind of point out hey we are talking Duramax, right? And I'm like, yeah, of course. He's like, oh, because our Ford six seven ten mil CP four is one of our most
1: popular products. Ford has a ten millimeter. Well, Exergy has a Ford ten millimeter CP four. Yeah. So the 2011 to well 2019. I don't know what the 2020s are just right. yet. We haven't dived into them. Uh, but 2011 to 2019 has a CP four pump as well. Um, there are some things in the in the market, just you know, failures and whatnot. They're not as Prominent, yeah. uh, prominent as uh, an LML, but nonetheless, it is a CP4. They have an upgrade option that has the upgraded metering valve, the pump itself. You know, provides more fuel volume to the Ford guys that are you know looking to make more than 600 horse yeah so it's a badass pump pricing is a little different um on those but uh nonetheless um i i was a little surprised by that too um i know they had upgraded units i didn't know they had a 10 millimeter so
0: yeah exactly yeah i knew they had something yep. i just we don't deal a ton in that world yep. so i wasn't totally up to date on it so i thought that was a pretty cool update for anybody who didn't know now yeah. you do now you do uh Speaking of not knowing, and now you do, I got an interesting comment on Facebook the other day. Now, our From Facebook segment is sponsored from WC Fab, Jason Worley, Ryan Worley, the rest of the Worley clan, and the whole crew over there do a phenomenal job on fab work, uh, custom paint, powder coating, all sorts of cool stuff. Um, and usually, I I will pull this segment from either the Diesel Performance Podcast page or our fans of the podcast Facebook group. This one came off... The duramax tuner page and i'll do this every once in a while when i find something that i feel like is a common misconception and we run into it pretty often now chris you want to go ahead and read what justin trost had to say
1: uh yeah so uh, i want to put this on my lb7 i turn the engine to about 4500 rpm when i beat on it think it will hold up
0: now this was a comment in reference to a turbo post so i had posted a, a picture of a Oh, one of our 67 G2 Stealth Turbos. I believe the post exactly was a VVT. So, blah, blah, blah. So, so there's always a few comments uh, that go back and forth with this. But I think right I mean, here- Mike
1: Sellers took it for the team and was well, like, Justin, I have the original bumper I would sell. It, it, so, dude's trying to hustle. Your, your your
0: timing is weird on how this is displayed <laughs> because this is actually after. This oh, is in response to my comment, 13 hours. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still,
1: like that, that dude- He is.
0: He's on it. So So, I reply back to him. I think that bumper is raising your temps, and a dyno would show you make less power at 4,500 rpm than say at 3,200 rpm. Mm-hmm. The turbo is designed to hold up to reasonable use. I'm reluctant to promise anything on an LB7 can hold up when being romped at on at 4,500 rpms. So the the picture he does post a picture of his truck. He's got a beautiful big, truck. Yeah, beautiful yeah. truck. Big nasty bumper on yeah. it. Um, so that that's what the comments about the bumper are about. Uh, but yeah, 4,500 rpm. I I. I pulled this when I heard you today on the phone with a customer talking about horsepower and RPM.
1: Yeah, yeah, and talking uh, that that was a little different of a, a little, A little bit different of a
0: take on that, but, but I think we do run into this general concept of yeah. horsepower and RPM and what's the
1: relationship. Right, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Justin, just a couple things here. Good point to bring up. Yeah. Um, we have to think about the efficiency curve or the power band that the engine operates under. Um, a Duramax stock... Cam stock turbo or most stock frame turbos, and uh, when you get into like the bigger, like S300, S400s, those RPM numbers do change slightly, sure. Um, but a 6.6 Duramax is going to make peak torque around like 18, 1900 RPM, yep. Peak horsepower is right around 3,100. Um, so what ends up happening is when you run the engine to that high of an RPM of 4,500, you if you look at a dyno graph. Um, for an example, right, peak torque at eighteen nineteen hundred, 1,900. Then the torque starts to come down and horsepower starts to come up and they cross over. Right. And then peak horsepower will come at around 3,000, 3,100. And then you see them both start tapering off or the horsepower starts really tapering off as torque. Yeah, horsepower to taper will drop. Off. Yep. And, and torque,
0: especially so, out at 4,500, is yep. way low.
1: Now, what you're running into and why that is is you have to think of the engine as an air pump. Okay? Yep. Air in, air out. Well, when we hear the reference of drive pressures, right, That that's air in, air out, and you want to be as close to one-to-one as possible, that's what's going to make that engine as efficient as possible. Well, the engine isn't designed to operate at 4,500 RPM. So air is entering the motor and not able to exit the motor as efficiently as it's coming in. Right. That's where that bottleneck comes in. That's where you see that horsepower drop off. So to run the engine at 4500 RPM, you have drive pressures through the roof, temperatures are through the roof. It's just very inefficient because it's hot air and it just it's creating a lot of friction. Absolutely. So yeah.
0: So so we do, we run into this usually around the beginning to middle of sled pull season. Uh, this is when guys usually are asking us to remove remove RPM limiters on their trucks, or or they want their. I, I love like getting the getting the the request like, hey, can you get my turbo to light at forty two hundred RPM so yep. that when the sled hits, it'll drag me back into my power curve. Yep. Some really different strategies out there. Whether or not they work, I think it's pretty anecdotal. Systematically, you will always get the best results while making the most horsepower possible. So the more time you can spend making that that right number the better off you're going to be in the long run. And I think that that's true when you're romping on it. Now, if you are the guy who's out there romping on your truck at 4,500 RPM, that's fine. Right. Reliability is clearly not well, your highest concern.
1: Now, not only you know you from the factual power. data uh, of the power right, and how that comes into sure. play, when you're running a stock engine, and I'm just going to assume that Justin's engine is stock, um, you're going to run into other issues. Running factory push rods, factory valve springs, you could potentially float a valve. Sure. A valve could kiss a piston. So there's a lot of other variables to where the factory motor is not capable of supporting that. Yeah. Um, Another thing, because you had mentioned you overheard a conversation I had earlier with a customer, the difference between a diesel engine and a gas engine. Gas engines are designed differently than a diesel engine. So, sure. you know, uh, gas engines that are turboed or supercharged or even naturally aspirated and they're able to run out to seven, eight, nine thousand 9,000 RPM, awesome. The motor's designed to do that, guys.
0: Yeah, and, and that will follow more of your curve or RPM and yeah, horsepower. Correct. The higher we can get the RPM correct. up, the more power we're going to make yep. with it. Um, yeah, yeah, like you said, diesels are designed for low RPM torque. Yep. So everything kind of works around yeah. that first concept of low RPM. And that torque. has
1: to do with cam pro, like just it's everything—the yeah. bore, the stroke, the cam—it's all of it together. So,
0: yeah, the know. weight of a of a piston and rod assembly compared to the weight of anything <laughs> in a gasser. I mean, <laughs> I think that comparable. that that says the world about how strong everything else around it has to be just to run at slightly higher yep. RPMs. So we're not even talking about crazy stuff. Um, all right, man. Well, I think to now it's the time to dive in guys you already saw the name in the title we're excited to have him on uh we hope to be seeing him here in june chris patterson from summit diesel chris how the hell are you
2: i'm pretty good guys how are y'all
1: i'm still breathing so i'm doing all right there you go yeah man it's good day it's friday it can't all be bad that's true (laughs) that's
0: right chris uh we are excited to have you on the show For a couple of reasons one um i know i got to meet you in person out at dpc last year and i know that we've talked quite a few times throughout the year kind of about going back to the challenge and getting in we just had kj on in a recent episode talking giving us that reassurance diesel power challenge 2020 is happening it's going down we're not exactly sure how the voting is going to happen um But we wanted to bring you on and kind of talk about being the alternate last year and your goals about getting back in as a competitor for this year
2: so being an alternate i feel was quite the advantage for this year i got to kind of go behind the scenes and see what it would really take to be competitive and and how the truck reacted to the altitude that everybody seems to be really concerned about um And I didn't have a whole lot on the line because after Monday morning, everybody made the cutoff and I could kind of chill but also be very observant of uh, the activities and how the trucks reacted and kind of some different strategies that I could go over and improve on, on some mistakes I saw and some, uh, some moves that were really important that paid off well in the end. So I feel like going in you know go hopefully going to be in the voting list this year going into it uh, i'm very very hopeful that we make it and i feel that i have what it takes to win that
0: that's interesting because i wanted to give a couple of quick rundowns on the history of your truck and kind of some of the timeline between june 7th the last day of diesel power challenge last year and now so I spent a whole lot of time this afternoon and did a lot of Facebook creeping on you, Chris, which is rather weird to be talking to you now. Um, So with with that being said, one of the first things I did was I jumped on trucktrend.com, checked out Diesel Power Magazine's post for last year's voting. Now, Chris, you and I went through this magazine in real time and actually talked about all of the competitors that were up for voting within each category. So I want to give a quick rundown of your entry uh, last year uh Chris Patterson and basically we, we knew who you were, we knew you were from Texas. You had an O seven thirty five hundred. Duly nonetheless. Duly, yeah. absolutely. Uh you you told people it would do twelve hundred horsepower, eighteen hundred foot pounds of torque, and get twelve miles to the gallon. I believe I simply refer to your truck as another S four sixty four, S four eighty eight, uh twin turbo Cummins, w- which is accurate by the way. That 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 is what your truck was uh and that's backed up or was i should say was backed up by f1 diesel 200 over injectors uh, 260 fast and dual industrial injection pumps tuned uh by our buddy gordon yeah, over love gordon yeah. yeah absolutely uh no injectables and then yeah custom air to air intercooler uh, hood stack 48 re trans built built at your shop over there at summit diesel uh, and then some shocks and some tires and things like that so so as I started to do this deep dive first of all is that an accurate description of of your truck going into 2019 DPC
2: Yeah, it was just another Cummins. So yeah, it, that's pretty pretty accurate.
0: You know, it it's funny you say just another Cummins. I believe that's a quote we had in a previous episode from you uh where where Chris accused me of of skimming over his truck. Oh, if you could believe that, MK. Is, cool. is that is that chris patterson accused me of just skimming over it and calling it just another cummins let's let's play that where let's play your accusation now this is one you you brought to my attention this morning i might have skimmed over a little bit when we were doing the initial initial uh overview of all of the field of people we could vote on so walk me through it man uh like you said oh six cummins Dooley. uh how big a fuel how big of air oh it's just another cummins (laughs) just another cummins (laughs) All right, so you hear that. You wow. hear where, where he, he clearly is upset. Uh, but but let's let's go back and listen. Let's go back and listen to the first time we mentioned Chris Patterson on Diesel Performance Podcast.
2: All right, let's hear it.
0: Looks like we got another S464, S488 S4 uh, compound kit on a 5906 Cummins. Yep. That's Chris Patterson's truck. All right, so now that we're back from that, Chris, you can clearly hear... What I actually said was, we have another S464, S484 S4 twin turbo Cummins, and then I moved on. We just we had talked about five, six Cummins in a row at that point. Three of you guys had the same twin turbo kit. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to snub you, uh, but after meeting you, I'm glad I did.
2: Yeah, yeah, me too. You know, <laughs> you're a hater, so it's cool. I know how to approach you. <laughs> hey man, to this day, I still am not thankful that I met Paul. So we have that.
1: <laughs> I got a question for you, though, Chris. You know, going into this as an enthusiast, I I can only imagine you're an enthusiast over the years, you built a really badass, very well-respected truck. Why a Dually?
2: You know, um, it's one of those things where it just evolved over time. Okay. Um, I bought the truck as a wholesale truck at a dealership for really cheap, and it needed a trans, so I put a trans in it, and then... And needed a front end to put a heavy front end on it, and then I was like, well, let's throw some tunes on it. Well, then we needed a lift pump, <laughs> and then I needed a more turbocharger, and it just it unraveled somehow into this huge monster that it is now, and kind of gotten known for it. And uh, it was the underdog at the drag strip, and people loved it, so I just kept going, and I guess I'm just foolish enough not to know when to stop.
1: <laughs> I mean looking at you know like the turbo setup of of last year and we'll kind of get into if you're willing to share like what's changed. I mean to me, I mean that seems like a, a really quick, you know, I I've, I've had the luxury of driving compounded turbo systems similar, you know, maybe not at altitude or higher altitude, but sure. you know, they have to I mean they're, they're responsive. So, you know, going into what the truck had this year or last year going into this year, like what are some of those changes as you you know, kind of talked about, you know, the advantage of being able to sit on the sidelines and seeing what guys were or weren't doing.
2: Um, the advantages were I could see everybody's strategy. And you could see how that played out in competition. Okay. For example, uh, in, the, uh, in the drag race section, the quarter-mile drag race section, uh, some, some, some of the guys were pushing a little hard. Pushing them a little harder than what they probably should have, and uh, and they, they hurt parts. And it yeah. ultimately took them out of, let's say, the cone course that was immediately afterwards. And that hurt their overall results. I don't think you would necessarily need to be number one qualifier, but at the same time, you don't need to go out there on level one.
1: Right.
2: So if you, in my opinion, if you went down the middle of the road for the drag race portion for qualifying, then you could, you could get past first round with a truck that, you know, is in the middle of the pack, and then you could go on to, to turn up the power. But if you laid it all on the line just to qualify high, you're laying it all on the line for the overall results.
1: That's a smart approach, definitely. Now, as far as what the truck setup was last year, was there anything that you saw from any of the competitors where you're like, you know what, I, I, I think I need to change this, maybe a, a different, you know, turbo setup or fuel system or or anything along those lines or or were you fairly confident in what you brought last year versus you know going in this year if it voted in
2: so i learned a lot on that aspect i got to see the environment or the altitude really and it didn't have as drastic of an effect as what everybody on the internet and on the forums portrays that it does (laughs) Um, i learned from seeing everyone else's setups that i needed a whole lot more turbine I was very small on my turbine sizes and my my AR housings on the on the turbine side of things. Okay, and I needed a whole lot more nitrous. I did not bring nowhere near enough nitrous, so I took all those and uh, and we kind of evolved throughout the year of 19 testing and trying things and 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 just seeing and dialoguing results and measuring drop pressure versus boost pressure and how. Timing and pulse width affects that, and where the optimum spot is to be.
0: You know, and actually, I want to talk about that kind of year of progression because one of the things that I noticed, uh, Chris, was going through your your Facebook feed over the last year. I'd say, conservatively, sixty percent of it is about Diesel Power Challenge. Um, so, so we we can see that you have that passion that you're really ready to go. And as I went through it. I noticed that the truck has gone through some pretty radical changes. Now, one thing I do just want to back up and say is I did an episode with Chris Patterson in his truck at Diesel Power Challenge. So we were outside in the parking lot of, of ATS, and we actually sat down and did an episode together. What's on the list, what's on the spec sheet of voting wildly undersold the truck? No uh, so it does have some really cool features and some really custom things to it. It's a badass truck. I strongly encourage you guys, search Chris Patterson under our podcast feed. Go back and find that episode okay. because it, it's a great episode. It's about seven minutes long. Um, so so I found a post of Chris taking off, leaving uh, DPC on June 7th. And then the the very next thing I see posted is July 18th, T-minus 16 days till Texas truck Dram.
1: The, There's the, no motor in the truck. The truck
0: has no engine, no trans in it. It, it is a roller. Um, that's a that's a pretty short time considering you, you, you had to drive home to Texas, Chris. What the <laughs> hell happened?
2: Um, we race as much as we can. And there was an event the week after DPC. And um, I dropped a few valve seats on the way home. We can just leave it at that. <laughs> so we had to yank the motor out, you know, that night and get it to the machine shop, get ahead with some big seats in it, fix the pistons that got banged up, um, found some mistakes we made, and and were able to capitalize on the opportunity to improve. And then, uh, you know, I I do all my own engine builds and trans builds and turbo fab and all that stuff. So since it was out, it only made sense to open up the trans and check out a few things. Um, I've been having some some tough luck on the transmissions, making them live with the amount of weight I am. I'm seventy eight hundred and ten pounds.
1: Right, I can only imagine. And the
2: amount of torque it makes, it it's just really hard on parts.
1: Yeah, I mean. And then
2: uh, I believe that turbochargers are meant to be changed for a reason, and so we just always kind of throw a new set or new sizes or new housings or whatever you know on it to try to try to just change up the game a little bit.
0: Okay. Absolutely. I did notice a ton of racing, like a ton yeah. of racing. If it's if it's not DPC, this guy's posting about drag racing. Um, what's your favorite track to go race at?
2: My local and favorite track is uh, Texas Motorplex. It's about an hour from where I live, and it's, uh, it's in Ennis, Texas. It's a quarter mile. It's a great big first-class facility.
1: Isn't that where they uh, they, they always go?
2: have really good track prep. The last event we went to. There was 27 axles broken. It was a streetcar takeover in Texas. Oh my! And they broke 27 axles. Yeah, it was a long, long day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Our producer Justin, he was there a few years ago. I don't know if it was like back. For the I think NHRDA. it was back when NHRDA was yeah. still rocking. I yeah. think they did their world finals there yeah. one time. It was pretty cool. It was. It was. It is beautiful place, Chris. You're right. That's probably the best track I've ever been to
2: absolutely it's it's top notch and it's huge there's plenty of room for parking for everybody you know texas is like that when we do it we do it really freaking big and we do it right
1: (laughs) i hear that from everyone that lives in texas you just don't have a lot of trees i don't get that (laughs) what do you need trees for what do do trees do
0: (laughs) justin turn your mic off (laughs) um Okay, so so you you clearly spent the summer drag racing. That that's a hundred percent what we saw. Do you do any sled pulling?
2: Yeah, we uh we, we sacrificed a motor to pull in this year. Um, we put a motor in to go to Texas Truck Jam, and we had some uh, some prototype parts in it that we were trying to see what they were doing, some in development stuff, and then. Uh, a week later, a week after we went to truck jam, I started the motor the day of truck jam, like physically started the engine. Went to truck jam, did good, won the dyno contest, brought home 750 bucks. came back. A week later, went and sled pulled and had an injector hang open and completely melted number six piston. No.
0: And uh,
2: ruined the block, ruined the rod, melted the wrist pin to the piston. It was just... It was
1: the
2: turbine wheels were full of molten aluminum. Oh God. You know, one of the Yeah, that one took us down for a while. That one we were down for like two months on. And then we rebuilt and at this point we went from a sleeve down six seven motor, which was a six two, to a six seven, a true six seven engine. That's when we went to streetcar takeover and we ran uh, ten seventy one at hundred and thirty seven.
0: Jesus wow. Christ so in a dually. We
2: left on 8 pounds of boost. My 60 <laughs> foot was like somewhere in the 1.89, 9, 1.9 range. So we left super soft. But obviously the mile an hour we were making power out the back door.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no shit. One of the things that you just touched on too, you know, that I think is really important with, with any of these competitions, you know, DPC being one of them, is the driver. You know, We, we talk about you know, there's a lot of things that, You have to have in order to be a true competitor and do well at DPC, but at the end of the day, you know, you you have to know how to drive the truck and have the experience in a lot of different scenarios. So, you know, you have sled pull knowledge, you have drag race knowledge, the truck's been on the dyno. Uh, I can imagine you being in Texas, you're you're no stranger to towing trailers and whatnot, right?
2: That is an accurate statement, yes.
1: So... (laughs) You know, I mean, it's just one of those things where you have all these all these tools and you know all these tools at 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 your at your fingertips. (laughs) You know, you have all these weapons that you can use to you know you know be really a force to be reckoned with going into the twenty twenty DPC.
0: Well, I know, Chris, you've been you've been looking at the voting uh, since like September. I I know I found some posts on your page there talking about uh, it's here and then getting ready to fill out the form. Have they let anybody know? if you're in for voting yet, I haven't seen that announced.
2: Mm. No, sir. Hmm. No, it is completely a surprise.
0: Well, one of the things I noticed as a common th- thread throughout all of your post about, about entering the competition was guys like Richard Coker, last year's winner, yeah. hitting like, or commenting on your thread. So it seems like being there as an alternate, you also got a chance to kind of know all the guys that were there last year. Obviously Richard will be the one guy that's coming right. back for this year. Um, do you think you have a bit of a competitive advantage over Richard, considering you've already seen him compete and, and he hasn't really got to watch to see what you can do out on the track?
2: Absolutely.
0: Very good. <laughs> um, now now the truck, I, I, I caught a, a post around October, late October of you christening an engine, uh, which love that gif but um <laughs> run us through so so the engine wasn't actually back together or or when did it go down when did it get bet, put back together
2: I don't know we've had four engines in it throughout 2019 so that's kind of hard to answer that question <laughs> but that's the reason that this engine is still alive today is that we uh, we christened it There you go <laughs> I, I just I never had christened the other ones in this in this truck Growing up, my whole family drag races, and we always, you know, broke a beer on a motor. And they've lived, and that's been great. Well, I forgot that somewhere along the way for these past few engines. Well, I remembered this time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I
1: like that philosophy.
2: It's good advice. That's amazing. It's
0: just solid, solid backed-up advice. I like that. <laughs> now, I know you're still, still playing with the setup on the truck or still playing with the thing on the truck because— uh, I caught a couple of screen grabs of some dyno graphs, Chris. This looks like our dyno files of running through an R and D truck when we're like on a new tuning platform. Yeah. There's like thirty files here run on just one truck. Yeah. Um. Man, that that's just a lot of time. How many hours do you think you have into dialing in the setup?
2: Man, I can't. I can't even fathom uh, a lot we have. I know I have over 27 tune revisions from Gordon on my truck. Now, we have a tune for, like, a single turbo. We have tunes for compounds. We have tunes for other things. uh, Gordon's always been there to make whatever change I need, and so I owe the way it drives to him. And then uh, Don Morrison of F1 Diesel has a whole lot of input on all the fuel and air stuff. So I owe a lot to my guys that help me out. But we have a ton of time on the dyno, a ton of time doing data logs, working on the drivability, and I drive this thing every day when it runs, and uh, you can go wide open. I go wide open every day. I make at least a thousand eleven hundred horsepower every day.
1: So you're just doing test hits on the on the road <laughs> left and right. <laughs>
0: G- Chris, b- before we let you go today, give, give our listeners a rundown of, of your truck setup. Uh, I, I want to hear everything you got in there right
2: now. Okay, right now, it's a 2007 3500 Dually four wheel drive uh, automatic. It is still a full weight street driven truck, full interior, weighs 7,810 pounds. Uh, I've got a full manual valve body in it from flat out diesel. I build the trans and the motors here. Um, but it's got the Sancher shaft, solid input, rising intermediate fat output, a DPC quad disc converter, a six, seven sleeved motor. Uh, one of the heads, we kind of put up like a bank side draft on here. We forked the head out. It's got 200% F1 injectors in it, twin 12 mil BB pumps, two fast 290 lift pumps, uh, Currently, right now, today, there's just a single 480, uh, 96, 132 on it. We're trying some singles. Um, Probably by next weekend, it'll have a 475, 96, 115, and a 98, 113, 124 on the atmosphere. Oh. And then uh, we have a pair of triples that we're playing with that's, uh, that's pretty good, too. So we have several, several options on what we can bring to the table. And uh, we might get up there a week early and do some playing around and seeing what really works at that altitude and just go from there. We've got uh, two nitrous outlet bottles with the dash six valves in them. We've got four big solenoids. So we've got enough to party. <laughs> to say the least,
1: <laughs> and you're saying it's so chill. Like, yeah, we have this. Yeah, we have no a little big of deal. That. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. gonna go a week early and uh, sit in a parking lot and change out triples for compounds. To right, see right.
0: Which right. One runs I got better. Pepsi ants spray in my fridge too. <laughs> no big deal. Right.
2: Uh, you know, a, a lot of guys are entering this challenge, and some of them are claiming some really ridiculous numbers. And uh, it's not just about how much horsepower you make, or about how fast you run down the quarter mile. You have to have a real truck that's very flexible and can conform to these different requirements. And I'm just a firm believer that a street truck is going to win this thing. Mm-hmm. And that's what I have. I think And a, you have to really know how to drive your truck.
1: I think a couple things here, Chris. Number one, you know, we talked to competitors in the past and they don't want to say any secrets. And you, I, I can just tell by talking to you, you're, you're confident in what you saw last year and sticking to your beliefs about this year. And you're going to get a lot of listeners right that are you know going to listen to this and they're going to shrug it off like you you know like you're saying they're gonna you know if this is a horsepower game maybe they like past guys they don't sled pull or they've never dynoed and they just drag race or they're just street trucks you know maybe they street race you know depending on where you're located in the country which is a big thing you know they're not very well-rounded and they don't see the importance or the value of being well-rounded and just talking to you today you seem very grounded very level-headed with you know what that End goal is, and what you're looking to accomplish. So, you know, it seems like you have a really good strategy. You know, going into 2020.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Chris. Well, thank I, you. Uh, um, I, I I would say all all joking aside, because I, I know I like to to tease. Well, both of you, Chris's, yeah. but um, us be a Chris then. <laughs> but but it it, it is. It, I I think I can confidently say, uh, we should, as as fans of the show, we should be voting. Uh, to get Chris Patterson's truck Absolutely. into dPC twenty twenty, uh, we should I think everybody's gonna be excited to see this truck compete. I think everybody's gonna be excited to see Chris Patterson actually go out there and and be in the challenge and be a real competitor, be somebody who potentially could be in this for a little while.
1: I mean, a driving skill set there, but more importantly, a crew long dually hurting some feelings like, Dude, come on, man, for
0: real. For real. All right, man. Well, guys, this has been so much fun. Uh, Chris Patterson, anybody you want to give a shout out to?
2: Man, I'd like to thank all my sponsors that helped me out. Don April Morrison from F1 Diesel. Always been on point. with The fuel stuff. Gordon Lindemood for all the tuning. Uh, Guys phenomenal. Y'all know that. Y'all can contest to his abilities. Uh, Being on the BD Diesel race team for 2019 and 2020 has been a great help. They, uh, Having a family-oriented team that you can just basically call up and say, hey, this is what I broke, this is what's going on. Uh, It really makes or breaks how well a race team can be is who the people are around you. And the whole crew here at the shop, you you know, it's hard to fathom how many hours it takes to do these things. We have it down where we can take a whole motor out in about two hours. We can take a whole tranny down to the bench in 22 minutes and fix a problem. So it takes a very dedicated team of guys, and I couldn't do it without all the people behind
0: me. Absolutely. And if our listeners want to go on and follow your page and follow Summit Diesel, where can they find you?
2: Um, We do. We are on both Instagram and Facebook. Uh, Instagram, we are SummitDieselTX. And my personal Instagram is Chris underscore Pat05. And then Facebook, Summit Diesel, Facebook, Chris Patterson. Uh, we're always posting up good and bad because I'm not afraid to show where I tear stuff up because I'm very good at that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, guys, if you haven't voted, you know, they're still doing the voting, correct? Oh, the voting has not over? come out yet. We have not oh. gotten a
2: release
0: of what trucks we can vote on yet. Oh, sure. uh, I think we all should be tagging Chris Patterson yeah, and Summit Diesel and DPC so that the guys over at Diesel Power Magazine know we want to vote on this truck.
1: Yeah. I- I feel like every year Thank voting greatly is early or late or whatever, but yeah, nonetheless, guys, please, please, please vote for Chris Patterson going in the twenty twenty.
0: For today, this has been Paul Wilson and Chris Emke. Thanks for listening.
1: Lockdown. Like that. That's that. Eight oh eight. Yeah, dude. That's that's mm-hmm. like, like late twenty ten.